turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. Thank you for joining us. As believers in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, it is vital that we possess the mind of Christ. How do we do that? By consistently studying and applying God's word daily. We are compelled to let the mind of Christ be in us and assures us that as the children of God, we can have the mind of Christ. The question is, do we exercise this God-given gift daily? No matter what is going on around us, we should not fear but trust God because he is with us from our beginning to our end. There is no wiggle room here. Either we trust God or we don't. We must know that no matter what we see or hear, we can have the mind of Christ. Have Bible, pen, and paper handy and listen closely as Pastor Rander teaches us today. And a lot of those folk at halftime, at the Super Bowl, you wait, just watch the Super Bowl halftime. You look at it, you wait. But wait till halftime and watch how skippy they are. And how they cut the legs and do all this kind of stuff. And you just, ooh, and ah, ah, talk about their clothes. You see the attire. Uh, they dress skimpy to entice you, get you all worked up. Then you're in somebody's bed because of halftime. <laughs> halftime. You need to cut that stuff off. Cut halftime off. Wait for the game to come back on. Count down. Count down. Count down. Both men and women alike, even in the Lord's church, as well as some preachers, are addicted to pornography. This sin affects the young and the old alike. Beloved, if you do not want to be entangled by it, then be determined to get rid of every avenue of pornographic temptation and flee from it. It means run, 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 lest you be devoured by it. If you are fighting a losing battle against pornography, my counsel to you is to pray, seek biblical counseling from a spiritually mature believer, and make yourself accountable to them and place self-imposed boundaries on yourself to keep you from yielding to the sin of pornography. 1 Corinthians 6, 18a says, flee from sexual immorality. Be mindful. God has the power to deliver you from the addictive sin of pornography. Next is gambling. Say gambling. Gambling Gambling is to gain from someone else's loss. Philippians chapter 2, verse 4 says, let each of you look out not only for his own interest, but also for the interest of others. What makes gambling so destructive is that you just want to win regardless of who gets hurt or incurs losses in the process, which is outright selfishness. Gaining from somebody else's loss. While you're happy you won, somebody else is crying they lost. Look how quiet it got. I was, 
I was at this gas station, and I just saw this, this old guy. I know he was old because he's just old. And, and he was scratching and just scratching. And then he, then he went in and got some more and started scratching. I said, mister, why don't you? I wanted to say, I didn't say it. Mister, why don't you just stop? <laughs> Gambling is at epidemic proportion. You do not have to go to, to Vegas to gamble. It is at your fingertips on the Internet. It's at the gas station, the grocery store, on your cell phone, and even in sports. Gambling brings devastating consequences. What makes it so dangerous? It brings devastating consequences. It brings you into financial debt. It brings you into bankruptcy. It could even cause imprisonment. Gambling causes a loss of employment, a loss of your house, your home, your relationships, your family. It gambling destroys your health physically, emotionally, it's with sickness. When you lose badly, it brings on depression, and even suicides occur because of gambling. And some of you just trying, why don't you just go to work and be satisfied? Just go to work. Work, work overtime. Get another job. But don't gamble. Don't gamble. You should, I haven't heard amen. Don't gamble. Some of you got a, something in your pocket right now. Right now. You just scratched it. And when it gets way up that number, get mega million, mega billion. All of a sudden you start, oh, oh, God. Oh, oh. You know, I know I can't gamble. I know I cannot gamble. You say, how do you know you... Uh, you, what, what, I, I, I can't gamble because if I gamble one time, I know I'm going to win. <laughs> and Satan going to have my face in lights. And I'm giving it all of y'all permission to go gamble. He'll make sure I win to get you started. <laughs> so I'm not, I don't win or lose. I, I watch it. Listen, you think I'm going to gamble on that game when that guy hit that guy out of bounds? With a few minutes, seconds left on the game, in the game, and, and, and man kicked the field goal and went on in. Listen, millions of dollars were lost on that hit, out of bounds. I, 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 don't, I don't walk out. My pockets don't get light because I've gambled. Some of y'all get light pockets. You're all messed up. I, I got the joy of the Lord in my heart, and gambling can't take my joy. <laughs> it's, it's an addiction. Gambling will diminish the light of Christ in you and can bring on addiction. Beloved, if you are a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ who are gambling, you need to stop. Be mindful. Believers are to live by faith and not by chance. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7 says, For we walk by faith and not by sight. A couple of more and we'll be done. Next one is capital punishment. Say capital punishment. <laughs> Leviticus chapter 24, verse 17 says, if a man takes the life of, of any human being, he shall surely be put to death. We must establish that God places a high value on human life. Furthermore, there's a difference between killing and murder. To murder is to kill, but to kill is not always murder. So what do you mean? For example... If a police officer has to kill a criminal to save a life, including his own, 
it is not murder. If a soldier in the army has to kill an enemy soldier to defend his nation, it is not murder. If an intruder breaks into your home and you kill them in defense of your family, it is not murder. However, if you kill someone because you're angry, because you're full of hate, because you're racist, because of revenge, because of unforgiveness, if you kill someone out of jealousy or you're just plain evil, then it is murder. When we devalue life by reducing the penalty for those who murder others, we contribute to this massive issue, this massive crime issue in our nation and world. We live in a culture of death where people have no regard for human life. I say it again. People have no regard for human life. I saw this child uh, about a 14-year-old child beating up this nine-year-old child on the bus. I don't know if y'all saw this. And, the, and they were, they, the child was just beat. They were just beating it. And another one getting this, this girl was just doing it. Though. I mean, they were just beating it. I said, what the bus driver stop and do something? I mean, the child, I mean, the, the children are violence. They can't get teachers in the classroom. They are lowering the standards for teachers in the classroom because many don't want to be in a reckless, chaotic classroom. They really, really don't. It's all over our nation and world. We live in a culture of death where people have no regard for human life. The strength of a nation is determined by the strength of her laws. The strength of a nation is determined by the strength of her laws. Weak laws produce weak nations, and strong laws produce strong nations. Genesis 9, 6. Look, this is a powerful verse. You need to write it down. It's in your Bible. If anyone, say anyone. If anyone takes a human life, that person's life will also be taken by human hands, for God made human beings in his own image. Furthermore, we must ensure that justice is carried out with equity, and when a person is guilty without a doubt, they should not be released or sitting on death row indefinitely. Romans chapter 13, verse 4 says, For he is God's minister to you for good, but if you do evil, be afraid. For he does not bear the sword in vain, for he is God's minister, an avenger to execute wrath on him who practices evil. Last but not the least is refugees. Say refugees. refugees. Matthew chapter 2 verse 13 says, Now when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, flee to Egypt, and stay there until I bring you word, for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. And Joseph and Mary fled for their lives to Egypt. Beloved, Jesus himself was a refugee. His family fled to Egypt because Herod desired to destroy his life. Today, many people cross into this country from many parts of the world, both legally and illegally, in pursuit of better opportunities to find work, better living conditions, and to escape their troubled country. We need to be mindful that immigrants are human beings created in the image of God and are worthy of care and respect. However, the rule of law and the process established by our government 
should be respected by the application of the law consistent. For Christians, despite the government's decisions regarding our border, the media's depiction, and the political agendas, we must respond biblically to the issue and to those who come into this country. Exodus chapter 23, verse 9 says, Do not oppress a foreigner. You yourselves know how it feels to be foreigners because you were foreigners in Egypt. Listen closely. There is nothing immoral about a country having defined borders. To avoid chaos, countries must have laws, and for laws to be meaningful, they must enforce the laws. Laws should be just, and they should promote morality. But nothing in the Bible prohibits a country from having borders, and Scripture never forbids a country from enforcing its own laws. Just the opposite. In Romans chapter 13, verses 1 through 7, indicates that the government has God's authority to punish lawbreakers. Whether the punishment is imprisonment, deportation, or even something more severe, it is within the rights of the government to determine. A nation must have boundaries. The laws and the government are to safeguard the boundaries and rule of law. This issue demands that we be compassionate spiritually. But according to the law, we must also exercise accountability. What then is the biblical response to immigration? We will not resolve the border crises until we factor in two essential principles to this extremely controversial issue. The first would be love. What would Jesus do if he were here? I believe that Jesus would act in love toward immigrants. The second is accountability. Jesus himself was subjected to the laws of the lands in his day and rebuked the tax collectors for abusing it. Since Jesus did both, should we not do the same? I believe Jesus would display love to people and demand accountability and respect to obey the law and for the laws to be accountable to the people. The purpose of the law is to provide structure and care for its citizens. Without accountability, there is confusion. Without accountability, there's chaos and anarchy, and there is no safety. Beloved, we can have both love and accountability at the same time. There is no quick and easy answer to this crisis at our borders. Christians must have love for their neighbors, but they also must have respect for the law and neither should negate the other. Furthermore, if believers persist on prayer for a solution to this divisive issue of immigration, God will intervene, give us a breakthrough, and bring resolution if we pray. 
It is a sin of omission to attempt to seriously address this divisive issue without prayer. Beloved, have you been praying about the immigration crises at our borders? Instead of debating, arguing, going back and forth over the immigration issue, here are a few things that believers can do to be a part of the solution. A, why don't you pray? God provides breakthroughs and directions through prayer. Pray. We need to pray for the the children, mamas who are pregnant, those who have been caught up in sex trafficking, the fentanyl crisis, and on and on. Pray. B, if it is possible, volunteer with an immigration agency. Get involved. There are agencies. C, Seek out good organizations and ministries that reach out to immigrants and get involved. That's what we do. Seek out good organizations and ministries and reach out and get involved instead of just sitting on the couch, stating your position and fight fussing and fighting over it. D, share the gospel with immigrants living in housing facilities and help with job training and language skills if you have the skill set. E, run for political office to make a difference in America. This is what we can do. We can run for office. Um, F, vote. It is imperative that you vote and vote righteously because it is completely within the rights of citizens to seek to change immigration laws if you actively vote. As Christians, we should be the first to seek to change any law that is unjust. If it is your conviction that an immigration law is unjust, do everything that is legally within your power to get the law changed. Pray, petition, vote, or peacefully protest. At the same time, We are also to demonstrate our submission to God by obeying the authority he has placed in authority over us. Romans 13, 1 through 5 says, Everyone must submit to governing authorities, for all authority comes from God, and those in positions of authority have been placed there by God. Therefore, whoever resists authority resists the ordinance of God, and those who resist will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to evil. Do you want to be unafraid of the authority? Do what is good, and you will have praise from the same. For he is God's minister to you for good. But if you do evil, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain. For he is God's minister, an avenger to execute wrath on him who practices evil. Therefore, you must be subject not only because of wrath, but also for conscience sake. My friend, as I conclude, not only must citizens and believers alike submit and obey governing authorities, those in authority must not abuse their authority lest they themselves be held accountable and receive due punishment for their wicked behavior as we've seen unfolded before our eyes. Beloved, no one 
is above the law. Beloved, unless we believe in the supremacy of Scripture, we will not possess the mind of Christ on critical issues that confront us today. We must not allow politicians, political affiliations, the media, talk shows, social media, relatives, friends, teachers, and professors. We must not allow influential believers in the church or our own personal emotion to shift our thinking from possessing the mind of Christ on controversial issues. In closing, if you desire to have inner peace and tranquility in a world filled with anger, if you want peace in a world filled with chaos, if you want peace in a world filled with confusion and rebellion, then be very sure you have a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. The scripture says in Romans 10, 13, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be what? Saved. Once you have a saving relationship with Christ, he will give you spiritual discernment to navigate these evil days as you grow into Christ's likeness, be led by prayer, trusting in the authoritative word of the living God and living by the Holy Spirit. And all God's children said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this message. I realize it's not a popular message, but a needed message. And every pulpit should be addressing it according to your authoritative word. But Father, so many in the church are governed by politics. What relatives are saying, public opinions, the secular viewpoints, and not saying, tell me what the Bible says. So like the midwives in the time of Pharaoh, I can be blessed in my house. Father, help us, Lord. We know this world is evil. We see it being turned upside down by Satan. And some of us talking, we don't know what we're talking about. Some of us are opinionated, but we don't let the scriptures reign supreme and have the last word. And when our opinion transcends the word of God, we become a hot mess, confused, angry, bitter, disturbed. But when we trust you, read your word, align our lives with the scripture, and trust you regardless of what people say, then you bless us, you will protect us, and you will keep us. In Jesus' name, and all God's children said, You're here today, and you know not the Lord Jesus Christ. God is calling you to come to Jesus. The Bible says, Whosoever call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Don't you want a church that's willing to teach you the truth? I, don't, I guess you don't. Don't you want a church that's willing to teach you the truth, that's not ashamed of the gospel of Christ because it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes? Do you realize we live in a day where the church has become so confused 
until when they come to church, even they get choked because you live in the media 24-7, letting this stuff recycle in your mind to the point. So when you hear, oh, you, you snuff it and treat it like spinach or castor oil. Only the truth will set you free. And I tell you what, I love you far more than I know. I've been pastoring for almost 40 years, and I'm too old now to give an inch. I'm going to stand my ground till Jesus comes. And I'm going to preach the word because I love you with an unfailing love. And you matter to God, and you matter to me. Whosoever call in the name of the Lord shall be saved. Regardless of your race, regardless of your socioeconomic status, regardless of your finances, regardless of where you are in the past, maybe you're in depression now, maybe you're lonely, maybe you're hurt, maybe you've been betrayed, maybe you're afraid, fearful. Jesus is enough for you. Come and be set free and live according to God's rule of divine law. Come now. There is an old gospel song that says, Be not dismayed, whatever betides, God will take care of you. Beneath his wings of love abide, through every day or all the way, God will take care of you. Therefore, we have no need to fear, even through trials, tribulations, and the troubles of this world. We must exercise the priority of possessing the mind of Christ. Believers of the Lord Jesus Christ, be of good cheer. For he has overcome the world. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching by Pastor Rander or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas or call us at 210-821-5683. If you would like to make a special donation to support the radio ministry of Maranatha Bible Church, please visit our website at maranathasa.org. Select the Give option and choose the radio broadcast support fund. Thank you very much for your generosity.